you'll know that Sidney Crosby's all the way back when he scores. He doesn't have a chance to do that until Thursday night. But it is against the Flyers. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The Penguins will resume practicing today in Cranberry, and it'll give Sid and everyone else a chance to shake off maybe that loss the other night to the Devils, which came with so much ugh. And that's U-G-H-H-H-H-H, for those who don't know how to spell that. That it's not going to be easy. Sid, in particular, seemed to take it a little rougher than maybe everyone else in the building, judging from how he was afterward. Yeah, I mean, I felt felt better in practice than I did tonight. Um, just didn't uh, didn't win enough. I mean, that's basically what it came down to. So that's not, yeah, you know, that's not an excuse. It's not my wrist. It's not, you know, I just I didn't get it done. See, I'm going to seize on that. I'm not going to get into some kind of analysis about how Sid looked in his first game in several months versus how he looked in practice and how his wrist handled face-offs and shooting the puck and whatever else here. He's Sid. He's actually beyond analysis. When Sid's fine, he's still one of the best players on the planet. There's not anything I can say to add to that conversation at any point, actually really over the course of his career. He just is who he is. He transcends the game. But I do feel quite comfortable spending one segment of one episode of this program underscoring that this guy was ticked off his first game back in months and to fully appreciate all those intangibles that people have glowed about related to Sid over the years it's worthwhile to pause and fully process that somebody else anybody else would have taken this opportunity this one game, and even the post-game setting, to say, hey, you know, it was a little different being out there. Things are at game speed, but I felt pretty good. I felt like I got some things done. My conditioning, my timing, and everything else has maybe a little ways to go here, but, you know, I'm getting there. And you wouldn't hear a thing about the outcome. Because who would think for a split second that the outcome would be riding on the guy who just came back after several months gone other than this guy? If you watched him, if you isolated on him the other night against the Devils, what you would see more than anything else was a player who immediately, immediately moved right into serial winner mode. You know what serial winner is? That's what Mike Babcock called him 
in Sochi when he was asked just a routine question. I was over there for this. Just a routine question about Sid and who he is and about his being Canada's captain. And Babcock comes back with serial winner. He's a serial winner. Everything that he does on the rink, Babcock said, is aimed at winning the game. That's his focus. It's not the byproduct of playing really well and scoring a few points and, hey, I'm really glad the boys won. He's doing things on the rink, including boring things, mundane things, things that really should be beneath him, should have been beneath him a long time ago. Because he sees, although he wouldn't even admit to this, his own legacy as being one principally of winning. Whether there's some kind of subtext to that or not, I I could never know. He's never going to be the greatest player in even the Penguins' history, much less hockey history. Top five, sure, meaning hockey history. Top two, obviously, in Penguins' history. But he's got more cups. You know, he's got three. 66 had two. He's got a chance at more. He's got the Olympic gold medals. He's got the world championship. He's done as much or more winning as any player in this century. And I'd like to think, although I'm not even sure about this, that he sees himself moving forward as being even more committed to the whole serial winner slash 200-foot player concept than ever because he knows the one thing he still can achieve and be considered number one, the guy, at the end of the season is to hold that Stanley Cup. He has to know, looking toward Edmonton, that he's not going to win another scoring title. He's probably not going to win another MVP. He has to know, looking toward whether it's Austin Matthews or Leon Dreisaitl or even Alexander Ovechkin, and know that he's not going to be competing for any kind of goal-scoring thing. He's not going to change his style and uh, become some kind of hardcore gunner the way Mario did in the second phase of his career. But what he can do is win another cup. And that's the way he thinks, even on some really blah Saturday night against New Jersey in his first game back in months. That's who Sidney Crosby is. Never, ever, ever, ever take him for granted. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question. That's brought to you always by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over two hundred bucks. Fubo TV is sixty-five bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including 
AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering to our listeners of this podcast a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts, no catch, cancel anytime. FuboTV.com slash DK. Our J1Q comes from Shelton Stacy, and it is short and sweet and in all capital letters. DK, why'd you have to say the Penguins would lose their next five? <laughs> oh, man. First off, you have a great memory. Second off, I'm grateful that you listen to the show. And third, I wasn't being serious. I mean, at least not completely. I didn't see them losing to the Devils. You know, who sees anybody losing to the Devils? There's some speed there, and there's some youth, and, you know, a little bit of talent here or there, but they're still so porous on the back end. No matter who you have in your lineup, you've got to be expecting to beat them. And I can guarantee you, by the way, going back to our first segment, that that was part of the frustration that Sid was experiencing afterward. Because he knows that's a beatable opponent. Those are two points you can't just leave sitting there. But, you know, they were due, the Penguins were, for some pretty significant comeuppance. They, they were playing way over their heads, commensurate to what their talent was, with all the guys that they were missing. It's not just that they were missing a quarter of their lineup, and that's not an exaggeration. Five guys out of 20 is a quarter. It's who the five were. It's that it was Sid and Gino and Chris Letang and Jeff Carter and Brian Rust. These weren't nobodies. These were like their five main hombres. And they're going out there, you know, trying to steal points. And they did through five games. They went 3-0-2. And, and then this has happened with these three consecutive losses. Now, I don't think it's all that dire, to be honest with you. I look at the standings just like you do, and I see where the Penguins are, and that's not attractive. But I also know that what they really needed to achieve in October, under these circumstances, they kind of did. They could have, I mean, really could have completely cratered in October. And I don't even know that anybody could have blamed them with all the people they were missing. But they didn't. They got points. The part that's awkward about it is that, you know, the points that they got, you know, came in settings that were really bigger challenges than some of the games that they lost. That's kind of human nature. I was in Florida for those first two games, and I can tell you that the Penguins were just wired. And I remember sharing that with our readers at DK Pittsburgh Sports on our live file that we do at the morning skate in Tampa saying, this team is like, they're at some other level ready for this game. All defiant and super serious walking through the hallways outside the locker room, these really stern faces, even the guys that are usually pretty loose. That's how they played. 
That's how they performed for all 60 minutes of that game. It was as complete and thorough as you can possibly conceive of an evening going against a two-time defending champ on their ice. Then they went and they matched it against Florida. They kept playing with that kind of intensity for the most part right up until this past week, and especially the game against New Jersey. Listen, whatever got into the Penguins, again, underscoring the game against the Devils, they need to get it out of their system like today at practice and be ready to face the Flyers here on home ice tomorrow with those same faces that they put on down in Tampa and in Sunrise. They have to manufacture it. They have to do whatever it is that's got to be done to pull this off. Because even though they got more points than maybe they should have in October, it wasn't enough. Clearly, look at the standings. You can only fall so far behind. I was talking about this through the summer, looking at this NHL schedule. There's only so far you can fall behind in the Metro and expect to stay in it. I see one team as a complete slam dunk to make the playoffs out of the Metro, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes. But that only leaves three spots for everybody else. And look at the field and ask yourself why the Penguins should be considered one of those teams. It's going to be, if they make it, a lot like last season where it kind of surprises people. But in the interim, in the interim, man, got to get back to what they were doing at the very start. No choice. No choice in that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow.